I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody, welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. I'm David Weeder. We're having a good time. You're going to have a good time. We're all going to have a good time. The joy of the Lord is here. The anointing of God to teach and preach. The Word is here. And we're just going to start off with a word of prayer. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this wonderful broadcast. We thank you for the opportunity to teach and preach the Word, the Word of faith, the Word of the living God. We expect and we receive, for we have asked that not one life remain unchanged by the power of the living God as the word is being proclaimed and taught today. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to unveil, unmask the truths governing the operational principles of the kingdom of God, the laws of the spirit of life that exempt us from the laws of sin and death. We thank you for revealing them to us, making them plain in our spirits and in our minds. We open our minds, we open our hearts to have receptive hearts and learning minds. And we receive it, we declare it done, we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome to today's broadcast. Glory to God. You're looking pretty good out there. Not too shabby, not, not too shabby at all. It looks like maybe you've already had a cup of coffee. If you, you know, get and make a second one if you need to. <laughs> but the most important thing is don't forget to get your Bible notebook. Get ready to study the things of the principles of the of ruling and reigning in life is what we're talking about. And it's a wonderful thing. It's the way we were designed and created to be kings and priests and rule and dominate in life. Not other people, but circumstances and, and, and the things that take on around us. We, are, we, we have been given all of the tools, the power, the, the wisdom, everything necessary to recreate the Garden of Eden in our lives. You know, that may sound extreme, but hey, we serve an extreme God. He's extremely, extreme love. He's extreme life. Life more abundantly, Jesus came to, to give us. And that's what we've been studying about, and that's what we're continuing to study about. Because, well, just go over with me to Romans chapter 5. And let's look at it. Romans chapter 5 and um, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned, that was by Adam, by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift, the free gift of righteousness, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, notice it's by one Jesus Christ. You're not reigning in in, in life by your own, uh, you know, magnificence. <laughs> it takes Jesus. Jesus is the magnificent one. But we rule, we are to rule and reign in life by Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So we're, that's what we're looking at. Jesus made us kings and priests unto our God. Revelation chapter 1 says, 
Last week we saw in, in, in Psalm chapter 8 that the angels were just mystified. They were, they were trying to figure out who is this man that God has made just barely lower than himself. And then we went to Genesis uh, chapter 2 and we read that God in creating Adam breathed the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. That word breath is the same word translated spirit throughout the Old Testament. God literally took part of his own spirit and put it into Adam's body. And the, the, the Hebrew says Adam became a living, speaking spirit like God. Wow. <laughs> Meditate on that for a while and try to stay seated, man. I'll tell you what, you won't be able to do it. That just, just gets you fired up. Man, like God, speaking spirit like God. The only being given the privilege of choosing his own words. That's the speaking spirit. That's why that's such a significant part of that description. A living, speaking spirit like God. Why did he create him to speak? So that he could call things that be not as though they were, just like God did when he created this entire universe. Glory to God. There's a pattern, and we're supposed to follow it. All right, so let's look into this, the hows and the whys of this a little bit more. Uh, we mentioned it towards the end of, of last week's broadcast that there's just a, there's an, an, inner, an inner knowing inside man, even, even men that aren't born again, that they are supposed to rule and reign. They're supposed to be God-like. They're supposed to dominate. And so you look down as a student of history, you look down through history and different cultures and different civilizations, and you can see that that desire and that drive without God leads to horrendous atrocities uh, on this earth, uh, massacres and wars and, and human sacrifices, one man sacrificing another, drinking his blood, eating cannibalism, eating flesh, all in the attempt, they know there's, they just know, they know there's something about the blood of, 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 of animals, the blood of men. There's something about blood that will make them like God. Well, they're not too far off. Let's, let's do a little study here. The word Adam in Genesis talking about the creation of man, the creation of Adam and then Eve. The word Adam actually means in the Hebrew to show blood, to be ruddy complexion, to be red. It, 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 it shows the redness of the blood that's circulating throughout the skin. That's the way God designed it. Because, let's look over in Leviticus and you'll see, you'll start seeing this trail form, okay? Look in Leviticus chapter 17. And, oh, we'll start in verse 10. And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood, <clears throat> I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and I will cut him off from among his people. For, now here's the reason, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. You'll remember when Cain killed Abel, the Lord said 
His blood cries out to me from the earth. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So when God created Adam and he put his life in him and his blood was purposely made for him to be ruddy complexion, red complexion of blood, to show blood, then that innate knowing that there's just something about the blood, if I can just partake, if I can just partake of blood, maybe I can become one with God. Maybe I can be God. Well, turn over to Matthew. And like I said, the, you know, that innate knowing, is just they just weren't far off. Look at Matthew, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, and let's look at verse 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine. Why? Because the life is in the blood. Drink all of it. Now, Jesus just gave the, the how, the why. He came to give life and life more abundantly. This is my blood. Wherein is the life? Drink all of it. Enjoy all of the life of God that I came to give you. This is one reason, this verse right here, and the fact that the life of the flesh is in the blood, the communion elements are so powerful, particularly in the realm of healing. When you are dealing with a sickness or a disease, particularly one that's being a little stubborn and is hanging on longer than you know it should, go to the communion table. Hold up that cup and say, Dear Father, Jesus, when he was on the earth, told me to drink all of this cup, which is his blood of the new covenant. For in the blood is the life of the flesh, and I receive this blood of the new covenant, which includes my healing for this body. Oh, my brother and sister, you just tapped into some powerful, powerful things. The life of God himself is represented in that cup. Take all of it, everything that it offers, which includes the life of the flesh. Praise God. Glory to God. 
go to the communion cup. It says as often as you drink. It doesn't say once a month when you drink. Okay, <laughs> take communion. Do it if you're dealing with a tough situation in your body or in your anything. Take communion daily, and remember the elements of your covenant. Specifically, <laughs> specifically, the scriptures related to what you're the challenge that you're dealing with, and say, hey. He's, you've given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness, 2 Peter chapter 1. Well, the life is in the blood, and I take the blood of the communion table. Glory to God. And it'll separate you from the laws of sickness, the laws of sin, the laws of death. Now, let's look over at 1 Corinthians six seventeen, and we'll look at another aspect of this, because this fulfills... You know, Jesus said, take the whole cup, take all of it, drink all of it, for it's my blood. And we know we saw in Leviticus that the life is in the blood. Now we're going to see what generations and generations of men have been trying to achieve, what civilizations and cultures have been destroyed over trying to achieve. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Got to talking instead of paying attention to where I was flipping there. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. There it is. That's what men for, for centuries and centuries and centuries have been trying to achieve is to become one spirit with God. Well, Jesus came to the earth and handed it to us on a silver platter. Literally said, here, take it. I, this is why I came, for you to have the nature of God inside you. This is how you do it. Drink all of it, for the life is in the blood. This, blood, this, this is my blood of the new covenant. Join with the Lord and you become one spirit with God. You see it? A plus B plus C equals what people have been searching for for centuries. And all they had to do was pick up the word of the living God. I'm telling you, the user's manual of life has the answer to everything, every question, every heart's desire, everything you could ever want, need, or desire, the answer is right here. That's why we do what we do. Preach the word of faith, but you've got to know the word. And that's why we do what we do. We get the, get the word, we study it, we dig down into it. Now, turn over to 1 John chapter 4. The book of love. All right, 1 John chapter 4, and we are going to read... Verse 4, you are of God. Okay, we, there we are. We're of God, same spirit of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Hmm. You know, he said right there, you have 
overcome them. Hmm. That sounds like something that we have already done. Not something that's going to be put off into the future, but something that, that, that's already been done. But you say, if I have already overcome them, then why am I having so much trouble with them? Well, <laughs> number one, because you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus. You don't know who you really are. You may know who tradition has said you are. You may know who your daddy said you were. You may know who your mama said you were. But what's essential, if you're to rule and reign and walk in the reality of overcoming them that are in the world, and that's talking specifically about the evil spirits that function in this world, then you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. It's not automatic. You have a part to play. It's not just going to fall on you just because it's written. The just shall live, how? By faith. You've got to operate these things by faith. But I don't see anyone overcoming and reigning and ruling as kings. Well, that's because it hasn't been taught enough. Now, I want to point something out to you now. You've been on this earth long enough, you'll know what I'm talking about. There was a period, particularly back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, early 80s, where the authority of the believer, who you are in Christ Jesus, who God made you to be, the authority and the power that he's given us to rule and reign in this life was being taught. And there was a whole section of people grabbing a hold of it. Well, then people kind of drifted away from it and they became a little bit religiously correct and, you know, you don't want to make a scene. You don't want to be too bold. You want to just, you know, kind of be quiet. And this hasn't been taught for a while. Very, very few places. I mean, there's always been a few places here and there that keep teaching it. But there hasn't been the, the, the mass teaching of this in quite some time. And I'm telling you right now, we need to get back on this. Because in these last days... The laws that operate, the laws that came from sin and death that operate the, 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 the cycles of sickness and disease and poverty and all of the, the mayhem on this planet. If you don't know you're exempt, it, then you don't even try to be exempt. If you know you're exempt, but you don't get into the word of faith and find out how and why, then you can't apply it and it doesn't work. So we've got to, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, listen, listen. We have got to start teaching these things again. The authority of the believer and who you are in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So, let's look at Hosea 4.6. Because he told us, he warned us exactly why these things would happen. Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed. We're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of that right now. Good people, good people. Listen to me. I'm not talking about bad people. I'm talking about good, born-again, church-going, Bible-reading people. My people, God's people, are destroyed. Why? For a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. We've been made kings and priests, but you can't function as one. When you reject knowledge of the word, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. The law, the word, the word of God. You don't get in, you don't study it, you just skim, skim by, 
yeah, okay, you die, whatever. COVID takes your physical body out, you're in heaven. Boom, you're with Jesus. Wonderful, great. But you cut short your assignment on this earth. You cut short your ability to help other people learn about heaven, learn about God, learn about the kingdom. Don't let that happen. Satan was able to steal. Don't let him, don't let that rat get away with one thing. Glory to God. Put your foot on his head and say, nah, bless God, I'm learning who I am. I'm learning the knowledge of the word of the living God so that I will not be destroyed on this earth. It just spells it out right there. So, the Bible does not say, turn back over, before I get into this, turn back over to Romans 5, 17. Romans chapter 5, because there's a, there is, it's a small difference. I want you to put your, your eyes on it. It's a small difference, but it's a very important difference. And let me, let me give you a, uh, let me give you an example, and then we'll go into this so you can see it immediately, okay? The Bible says that God calleth things that, Romans chapter 4, God calleth those things that be not as though they were and tells us to do the same thing, okay? Now, let me tell you what, do, what that does not say, okay? That does not say that he calls things that are as though they weren't, okay? All right, I'm going to say that again. Because somebody's out there going, what was the difference in that? I, don't, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear any difference. Okay, here we go. The Word says, God calls things that be not as though they were. It does not say He calls things that are as though they weren't. Now, that seems like a small thing, but it's a huge thing, okay? There is a difference if you're experiencing sickness and disease in your body there's a difference in saying, say, let's just say, for example, there, that you have cancer presently as a fact, a temporary fact in your body, okay? There's a whole lot of believers, a whole lot of people attempting to walk in faith. They say, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. I do not have cancer. I refuse cancer. I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. Well, your body has cancer at the moment. In order to be scripturally accurate, and therefore your faith alive, because your faith has to have scripture to act on. In order to be scripturally accurate, I call my body well. I call it whole. I call every cell in my body vibrant with the life of God. That's calling things that's not, it's not right now, as though they were. That's the difference. Now, there is a place, there is a way that you can be scriptural and speak to the sickness and disease in your body, the cancer, the diabetes, whatever it is. You have, to, you have to speak to it like a mountain. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. But after you make that faith command, don't keep speaking to it, because every time you speak to it, you mean, it, you're saying it didn't listen to you before, so it doesn't have to listen to you this time. No, make the faith command, Father, and then it's just all, oh, Father, I thank you that that's been removed just like the mountain was moved. And so I call my body well. I call my body whole. 
I call every cell in my body vibrant with the Zoe life of God, for it makes alive my mortal flesh. Glory to God. Lay hold of that. Receive it. Take hold of it. All right. Now that you see that example, let's look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 again. Uh, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which uh, that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness rule and reign in him, in life, listen to this, reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Okay, now, who's ruling and reigning? This will straighten some stuff out here because a lot of people just want to leave it all up to Jesus. Well, you know, God will take care of it. If, you know, if it's his will, then it'll happen. That's not what that says. It does, let me, okay, so let me do the same thing I did before. Let me tell you what it does not say. It does not say Jesus Christ will reign in life through you. That's not what it says. It says you will reign in life by Christ Jesus. Now, part of that is, remember he didn't, now you notice he didn't say just Jesus. He said Jesus Christ. Part of the ability for you to rule and reign lies in that word Christ, the anointed one and the anointing of God himself. You have the anointing of God in and on you to do the same thing it did when God put it on Jesus who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed for God was with him. Oh, oh, oh. Woo. hey, the Holy Spirit just gave us something there. boy. Hey, pay attention to that. You are supposed to be ruling and reigning in life just as Jesus did with the same tools, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, how God anointed David of Fort Worth with the Holy Ghost of power, who went about healing and do, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's how you rule and reign in life, Jesus. It's not up to God. We rule by him. Did you get that? Did that? Was that a light bulb moment? It's a small difference, but oh, 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 so important. Righteousness put in right standing with God is a gift, and it has been given to us when our spirits were recreated in Christ Jesus. You don't grow in righteousness. You are as righteous now as you will be when you get to heaven. Now, you can grow in holiness but no, and, and, and the Bible talks about growing in faith, but nowhere does it say to grow in righteousness. It says righteousness is a gift because of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through the end of the chapter says, you've been made the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Now, as I alluded to a little bit ago, you have a part to play. It's not just walking along and waiting for it to drop on your head like ripe cherries off a tree. You have a very, very specific things that you are required to do. And next week, we're going to look into exactly what those are. Oh, glory to God. It was, it was so good to be with you today. I tell you what, between now and next week, 
go back and listen to the things on this broadcast. There's a lot of key issues here that were addressed. Go back and watch them, listen to them again. And while you're doing it, remember that God loves you. He's always for you. He's never against you. Lynn and I love you so very much. We pray for you every, every, every day. And don't ever forget that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. And you can also listen to our broadcasts on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.